Well, good morning again. So today, Pastor Russell is not here, so you guys are stuck with me. Um, Had to call in the bullpen, so let's have some fun, shall we? So with today being Mother's Day, like I said earlier, happy Mother's Day to all you moms. And I know that we're excited um, for today. You know, I'm excited about what the Lord's given me to preach and but more or less, I'm really excited that all of you mothers are here with us. And what a blessing you are to us and to this church. So moms, thank you. So before we dive in, I just want to quickly pray. And then uh, we'll dive into the message. And we'll talk about some, some moms or some ladies in the Bible. So will you pray with me? Lord, we thank you for today. Lord, we thank you that we can trust in you. And God, we pray that as we trust in you, that Lord, you continue to renew us. And Father, that you continue to build us up, Lord. May you continue to guide us and build us. Lord, we thank you for your word. And Lord, may you use me today to proclaim your word, Father. Let it be your words and not mine. Lord, we thank you, we praise you, and love you. Amen. So like I said, today I want to look at a couple ladies in the Bible. But I want to take a quick moment here and kind of talk about some ladies that have attributes that I think a lot of you ladies have. So in scripture, when we look at Ruth, we see that she was faithful to her family. When we look at Mary Magdalene, we see that she was a faithful follower and true to her Savior. When we look at Rachel, we see that she was patient. She had patience when waiting for Jacob and her children. Hannah was a faithful prayer warrior. Eve had influence that the ladies of our lives have in this world. Deborah was a compassionate judge, and she was fair, and she was brave. Esther was also brave in the face of danger. Miriam was a protector of her brother. Sarah was a promise keeper. Elizabeth was an example to John the Baptist as his mother in being humble. Priscilla was a godly wife and a wife that supports her husband in the ministry. Mary of Bethany put Jesus first, and Martha always wanted to please Jesus and give him the best. So we see here these ladies who, I think as guys, we can kind of say that about our wives or our moms. That they were that for us, that they are that for us. That when we look at our wives and our moms, that that's what they are. You know, I often wonder, as men, because men, well... We're not sometimes the brightest. If we, hey, I'm just saying, maybe it's just me. But we often forget to thank the ladies in our lives for all that they have done for us or all that they do do for us. So gentlemen, will you join me in thanking the ladies for just being there for us, for being these attributes? Will you join me to thank them real quick? my sermon, so I'm kidding, I'm kidding. You see, mothers were created to be loving. Ladies are created to care for people. Ladies are created to 
provide for the household even when they may not feel like they want to. When they come home from work or if they're working from home or their job is to work at home, that they're created and they're, they're built to just keep the home in order. I know when I come home and my wife has been homeschooling the kids or while working and taking care of the dog, I come home and I'm like, hey, what's for dinner? Foot in the mouth moment for that one, right? But I can't say how thankful I am that that is inside of her. That she has joy just to help our kids and that even when they're struggling with their schoolwork because school is hard, that she continues to push through and that she continues to balance her work while our kids' work and just maintaining our house while I'm away. You see, like I said, as men, I think we often forget about all that our ladies show us. Now, men, I'm not going to bash guys. That's not what we're here for. But I do want to make sure that ladies, you feel how grateful we are to you and for you. Because, like I said earlier, without you, I think a lot of households would be in shambles. I know the toilets probably wouldn't be getting cleaned at my household or chores wouldn't be done. Jake's shaking his head like, yes. Meals wouldn't be prepared. We'd be eating a whole lot of frozen pizzas or going out a lot. So ladies, thank you for all that you do. Now I want to look at a couple ladies in Scripture. So open up with me to Judges chapter 4. Judges chapter 4. And in Judges chapter 4, we're going to meet a lady named Deborah. Now something significant about her is that she was a female judge back then. And when Deborah comes onto the scene in, Deborah, in Judges chapter 4, people are crying out. The people of Israel are crying out to the Lord for help because they're feeling all this, this hurt and they're going through a time. You see, they, they have been oppressed for years, for 20 years. And the people cried out to the Lord for help. Judges chapter 4, verse 4 says, Deborah, the wife of Jehoptan, was a prophet who was judging Israel at the time. She would sit under the palm of Deborah between Ramon and Bethel in the hill country of Ephraim. And the Israelites would go out to her for judgment. One day, she sent for Barak, son of Abanon, who lived in Kadesh in the land of Nephanti. She said to him, This is what the Lord, the God of Israel, commands you. Call out 10,000 warriors from the tribe of Nephan and, and Jebelon at Mount Tabor. And I'll call out Sierra, Sierra, commander of Jabin's army, along with his chariots and warriors, to the Kishon River. There I will give you victory over him. So here we have this lady who's going and she calls out this guy and says, Bring forth a bunch of military men. Let's go. Let's do this. But I want you to look at his response. He responds, I will go, but only if you go with me. I will go, but only if you go with me. You see, guys, I think that we can be bold and daring and courageous. 
but I think we also secretly love to have that person next to us walk alongside of us that says, I'll go with you. And while we may be bold and courageous, we have the comfort of our wives, of our mothers, of the ladies in our lives going with us. Ladies, you provide a comfort, not only for us as husbands, but for children as well. For children as well. Ladies, you're bold, you're daring. You provide assurance for us in the times of need. As men, and as young boys, who do they run to when they fall off their bike? They run to their mother to kiss the ouchie, to band-aid them up, put the neosporin on them. As dads, what do we usually say? Nah, throw some dirt on it. Here's some duct tape. Right? Like, the mothers are caring, they're compassionate. We're, as men, created as a young boy to run to our mother. Sometimes, though, and a lot of times, as boys grow up, they see that they need the father more than the mother. And mothers, I know that that can hurt you. I know that's hard. What I want to get at is this. Ladies, you lay the groundwork for your children. You lay that foundation for the husbands to build upon. I don't know about you, but when Miranda and I had a, a baby in our house, um, I didn't get up in the night a whole lot. I'm a very heavy sleeper, so she would be up all night with this baby, and I wake up like, man, that was a good sleep. And she's like, yeah, I was up every hour on the hour feeding the child. What did you do? And I'm like, I'll take care of him today. Well, I was at work, so I couldn't take care of him. So, like, ladies, you lay the foundation from the time that they were born until the time they graduate high school and even get married. Typically what happens is, guys, we dance with our mothers on our wedding day. And for some of you guys that haven't had that yet, you will cry, and that's okay. She will be crying as well. That's okay. But mothers, you care, and you're compassionate, and you love us men and your sons deeply. Ladies, you have power in your kids' lives. I encourage you to make it count while they are in your house. I look out right now, and I see a whole lot of college graduates and now, I'm sure some of you guys were very grateful to come in with your laundry basket, drop it off, and be like, hey, Mom, can you do my laundry? Or walk in and be like, hey, thanks for stocking the fridge, Mom. That, oh, <laughs> Jake's laughing because I think, I think that's what's happening. Moms, you are needed. Take advantage of that. When your kids come home for college, I know it may be hard because they feels like they have this endless task for you to do. But realize and see it as we're dependent upon you. Your kids still need you. Even in adulthood, your kids will always need you. Now we see that Deborah was said that I will go only if you go with me. Verse 9 in Judges chapter 4 says very well, she replied, I will go with you, but you will receive no honor in this venture, for the Lord's victory over Sierra will be at the hands of a woman. So Deborah went with him, 
they called together the tribes and the 10,000 warriors, and they went, and sh- they went up, and Deborah went with them. See, ladies, we need you to go with us. We need you ladies as mothers and as wives to go with us on this journey. We need you to continue to speak truth and life into us. Ladies, we need you because we're dependent upon you. We couldn't do it without you. Now what happens later in this story is that the people are conquered and the victory does go to a lady. Ladies, you have influence, you have power, you have strength, you have courage, you're bold in the face of danger. And we can look to you for that. Now flip over with me to a story that oftentimes we hear in the church, and it's in Luke chapter 10. In Luke chapter 10, we're going to meet two ladies, and Jesus is going to visit them. And I know that if you've been around the church, you've probably heard this passage talked about several times. But I want to look at it in a different light, hopefully. Luke chapter 10, verse 38. As Jesus and their disciples continued on the way to Jerusalem, they came to a certain village where a woman named Martha welcomed him into her home. Her sister Mary sat at the Lord's feet, listening to what he taught. But Martha was distracted by the big dinner she was preparing. She came to Jesus and said, Lord, doesn't it seem unfair that you, to you, that my sister just sits here while I do all the work? Tell her to come and help me. All right, so Martha here is preparing the meal, and Mary is busy sitting at the feet of Jesus. Now, I'm sure for a lot of you wives in here, and maybe our family's alone, but it's typically my wife's preparing the meal, and I'm sitting in my recliner in front of the TV. And if that's not you, well, props to you, because, or if you're in the shop. But I can, I think my family can relate to this, that it's burdensome. Martha's sitting there going, I want this to be the best that it can be. These guys are hungry. Jesus is hungry. I want to give him the best that I can give him. See, Martha wanted to give him everything she had in the best that she had. We can learn from Martha to give him the best, to put Jesus first. This past weekend, I I heard a sermon from my former youth pastor. His name is Jeff Eckert. And he was talking about that Jesus is all that you need. And he said this quote, Realize that God is all you need when all you have is Jesus. You have more than enough. And that is when a miracle happens. Be willing to just have Jesus. If we continue on in this passage, Jesus responds to Martha. My dear Martha, you are, not, you are worried and upset over the details. There's only one thing worth being concerned about. And Mary has discovered it. And it will not be taken away from her. See, Mary realized, all I need is Jesus. And I think Martha also was saying, all I need is Jesus. But I also want to give him these things as well. 
and I want to provide for him. But we don't have to provide for Jesus. Jesus is all that we need. And we can learn from both Mary and Martha because Mary sat there and was like, I just want you. Lord, I know who you are. I want you. I want to learn from you. I want to sit at your feet and hear your words. I want that relationship, that deep, meaningful relationship. And Martha was sitting there going, I want that relationship, but I want it through my works. In church, what we need to realize is that that relationship is freely given to us. All we have to do is sit and be quiet and relax and be at the feet of Jesus. Today I want, I want us to hear this, if nothing else. Mary chose the right, the right thing. And I think we often get distracted on our walks with Christ. We think, I want to be perfect in every way. I want to give you everything. I want to give you my perfect self and say, here I am, Lord. Look at me. I've done everything right. I've followed the Ten Commandments. I've done everything that you've asked me to do in, in your word. I've studied it and I know it. But church, here's what we need to realize. It doesn't, that doesn't matter to Jesus. He just says, I just want you. I don't care if you're messed up. I don't care if you're broken. I don't care if you break the Ten Commandments. I just want you. And I want to restore you. And I want to help you to become a better version of you. Because you can't do it, but I can. And you see, Mary recognized that. So mothers, today being Mother's Day, I encourage you to just sit and rest. To not be like Martha, so busy trying to cook this big meal. Give yourself permission to sit and rest. There are some phenomenal restaurants open. I'm just being real here, guys. I know we're all not going to cook. So Pizza Ranch is open. We have phenomenal restaurants all around. Shoreside's open. You can go to Fort Dodge. For those guys that are cooking, props to you. You're a better man than me. <laughs> but ladies, rest. Get recharged. Get filled up. Because when you are filled up, that's when the miracles happen. Ladies, you pour out into your husbands, into your children. You pour out into the people around you. Get recharged. Take time to rest. Take time to sit with Jesus. My boys know that I have a saying when they do sports or anything. And I think that it, it rela relates a whole lot to our walk with Christ. And I tell them every time, and Joe is probably going to get annoyed with it, but I tell them, I don't want you to be perfect. I just want a perfect effort. I think that's how Jesus sees you. I don't want you to be perfect. I just want you to give me all that you have. All the sin, all the baggage, all the hurt, all the love. Give it all to me. Give me your perfect effort. Try your hardest. Don't give up. Don't give me the leftovers. Empty the tank. Empty the tank. Because Jesus wants the best of you. And he wants to make you the best that you can be. Now for some of you watching online or for some of you here in the house, maybe you don't know what that means. 
give it all to Jesus, how do I do that? I don't see this man named Jesus standing here. Well, this man named Jesus came to die for your sins. And in a little bit here when we take communion, we do this in remembrance of him and what he did for us to die for our sins. Giving it all to Jesus simply means that you want him to be the Lord of your life. That you allow him to guide you in your present and in your future. That you give him your past. And that you allow for him to be the one that comes inside of you and transforms you. You see, when Jesus said this to Martha, I imagine that Martha was a little shocked. Like, what do you mean that she's discovered the best thing and it won't be taken away from her? Like, Lord, you got to eat. Church and people, Jesus is the best thing we can have. Nothing of this world is going to satisfy you. So give your life to Jesus today. This past week we heard, last week Sunday we had a funeral here and we heard testimonies of a guy who lived his life well, who gave it all to Christ, who served Christ with everything he had powerful witness and we saw new life because of the testimony of what this man did but all the glory goes to God today is the day that if you are not right with God if you are not sitting at the feet of Jesus asking him to be all that you have and all that you need today is the day to do that because tomorrow is never guaranteed I ask you, will you be ready? Will you be ready when death's door comes knocking? When death comes knocking at your door? And if you're not, I ask you to pray with me in a minute here to accept Jesus into your heart. Because he, for, he forgave you, he loves you, and he is the best that you can have. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for your word, Lord. We thank you that God, that you sent your son Jesus to die on the cross. Lord, we thank you for the ladies who selfless, selflessly give up their time. Lord, I pray right now that if there's someone in the room that needs to give their life to you, that Lord, that they pray with me right now. That they say, Father, forgive me for I have sinned. Come into my life, Jesus, and cleanse me. Holy Spirit, come and live inside of me to guide and to direct me. Jesus, I give you lordship over my whole life. I want to give you the best of me. Jesus, I give you my life. I give you my past. I give you my present. And I give you my future. Father, I thank you for how you are at work in my life. And may you continue to work in my life. Lord, as we enter into worship, I thank you for how you are at work. Lord, I pray that right now you continue to guide us and direct us. Lord, I pray you continue to open our hearts and our minds to you. Father, we lift up this time of worship and we lift up this service to you. It's in your name we pray, Jesus. Amen.